0: Good evening and welcome to In Session. I'm your host, Dr. Fadid Holakwi, and I'll be with you for the next hour here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in, 310-441-0555. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, so you can call in with any questions related to clinical psychology, including any emotional or psychological issues, parenting issues, and relationship issues as well. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram or like my page on Facebook to get updates on the show or suggest topics or books for the program. And the shows are uploaded at the end of each week to my SoundCloud page and podcast on iTunes. Again, our studio number, 3104410555. Before I... Get to the book of the week from this past week that I'll talk about tonight. The book of the week for this week is "Never Split the Difference: Negotiating as If Your Life Depended on It" by Chris Voss. Never Split the Difference, and uh, this is another book recommended to me by my brother Parham. He said it was actually a very good book on negotiating. He said there might be parts of it he thought I would not like, but he said just read it all the way through, which I plan to do this week, and I'll share that with you next week on Monday night's Show. Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. The book of the week from this week, which also, in a way, was related uh, to my brother in the sense that he had recommended a previous book by the same author, uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb. The book for this week was Skin in the Game, but I'd previously read his book, The Black Swan, on a recommendation from my brother. But this is Skin in the Game, Hidden Asymmetries in Daily Life. And I remembered reading Black Swan and that it took me a long time to get through it, and it was hard to get through this in a week. It's not particularly long, about 250 or so pages, but his writing is very dense, or sometimes I felt I had to reread parts to make sure I was understanding it, and even after doing that, uh, sure I still didn't get a lot of what he was saying, but um, he does make a lot of interesting points. He also does not hold back any punches. He can be very harsh and direct and calls out, certain people in a whole chapter he calls intellectuals yet idiots, people who claim to know or to have knowledge and who give advice on things who necessarily don't uh, necessarily know what they're talking about, make it seem like they do. And actually, I I couldn't help but feel some level of irony as I read the book, because he does mention people who give advice, but who don't have to pay the price if things don't go well based on that advice and i could recognize some of what i do on the show has that flavor to it so it did uh, cause me to do some self-reflection which maybe i'll talk about some more but let me first talk about some of the themes in this book or even where the title comes from so skin in the game sometimes you'll hear this term skin in the game when people are talking about if someone has something to lose or if someone is starting a business if they have skin in the game, they have some money invested in the business, some of their own money, or if they are, for example, uh, managing a fund or doing some kind of investment for, on behalf of someone having skin in the game means that they have money in it too, which means they are going to be in, uh, affected by the result, because if I tell you to put your money in a certain stock, um, but I don't have money in that same stock. You don't really feel that same feeling that I really want or I believe that things are going to go well because it won't affect me one way or the other. And so when someone has skin in the game, we can take their advice more seriously, which is what he talks about or one of the main themes in this book, that we should not take advice from people who are not affected by the results of their advice. So he says, rather than asking an investor about their advice in investing, ask to see their portfolio. What have they themselves invested money in? And also that there are many people that are deemed experts that are claimed to be experts, but don't necessarily have to pay a price when they are wrong. And actually, I, I really agree with him on that, that we have a lot of people in a lot of different fields that make predictions. And when they're right, they might get rewarded or maybe not. But if they're wrong, they don't get punished for it. And we're still going back to them to ask for their advice or to see what they think about things are happening. And he has a lot of negative things to say about people who are academics or people in universities who never have actually interacted with the real world, but make pronunciations or make declarations about what is going to happen or what other people should do. So he says unless someone has skin in the game, they should not really be taken seriously as far as taking their advice. Uh, He also brings up, related to that, people who make foreign policy decisions that don't affect them. And he mentions how before generals and armies and leaders themselves would fight in the battles, when you look at history. And lots of Uh, kings and rulers before would actually die in battle, something we wouldn't think about today. Nowadays, presidents, prime ministers, people in power are making decisions for the military, but from very, very far away. And you would not even consider it possible for them to get injured based on the war itself or in battle. But before that was the case, people actually had their skin in the game. So he, he mentioned people he calls in Interventionistas, people who think we should go to foreign countries and overthrow their governments or have a regime change. And to us, we think it makes sense and it's going to make things better. But really, it doesn't affect the people making the decision directly. Even if they're wrong, people still go to them later for foreign policy advice. But specifically, with what happens there, nothing happens to them if things fall apart in that country, which has been the case, as he talks about when we go into another country and promote regime change usually it leads to horrible things that he mentions even slavery as part of those are people um, becoming or that kind of market opening up in places where we've done uh, interventions in the past so he says we shouldn't just listen to these people who are giving advice when it doesn't affect them and recognize that we are doing a lot of harm by what we do and i thought he brought up an interesting point i'd heard of this before because because of the golden rule, Uh, he mentions a golden rule, something that we think of as good, and because it's golden, we think it must be good, basically do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the golden rule. So treat others as you'd like to be treated, basically. But he mentions that he thinks even better than the golden rule is the silver rule, as he calls it, which is basically don't do unto others what you would not want to be done unto you. And so if we look at something like regime change, you would not want someone to come into your country or likely those people that promote it likely would not want someone to come into their country and do what they do. So he's saying, how could we say this is what's good for you? So don't do unto others what you would not want someone to do to you. And he says in some ways, this rule is superior. Now, as I mentioned before, he made me think about even what I do on this show, that Do I really have skin in the game? And a lot of times I don't in the things that I'm talking about. Uh, They don't directly affect me. Um, I give people the best advice I can give them when they call in, but it does not affect me directly what happens to them. And even specifically on page 140, I think it was, I have the book in front of me now. I was reading the book with Parham while we were together, and I mentioned how he talks about how there are experts in the world, and he says people who are things like electricians, dentists, and in their specific fields. They would be experts. But then he says others are not, and that includes journalists, but also clinical psychologists, and that is specifically my title, um, are not experts. And although it struck me to to read that, but then it did make me think uh, that we do have to be aware of how we talk about things. And we do live in a world where social media makes people Uh, It's easy for people to become famous or to go viral and to get attention. And what tends to get attention, not just in social media, but in general is when people are confident and state what they're saying, not as some suggestion or opinion, but as fact. So they say, this is the most important thing about this. Or if you do these three things, your marriage will be saved. Or if you do these two things, you'll be able to date successfully. And people want to hear someone with confidence, because it gives them the idea when they're so uncertain that they will have the answers for them. And I think this is a mistake. And even when I do present my ideas on the show, I try to be aware of presenting them more as an opinion or things that I've observed, but not as fact. So I think that is a good point that in certain fields, we have to be aware that we can't say things with certainty uh, the way we can in other fields. And also that this concept of skin in the game is very important. We shouldn't just have people who become uh, wealthy for making decisions for other people that don't affect themselves. And he talks about the financial crisis. And I always found it puzzling that bankers made a lot of money when things were good, but then when things went bad, a lot of them didn't lose money. They got bailed out and they even sometimes got big bonuses during those same years when things didn't go well. So I think we need to have more accountability when We have people whose job it is to forecast things. We can have people that forecast, but if things go well, they can get praise and approval and whatever else they can get from that. But if it doesn't, they should pay a price. And so he says, for example, doctors do have skin in the game, a medical doctor, because their reputation is based on how their patients do the practicality of things. And he talks a lot about the difference or how we have to be aware of the difference between theory and reality. Lots of things can make sense in theory, but not everything translates into reality, and the reality is what we should be focused on, not just theory. And so that's why he says we should be aware of people who don't have any experience in the actual field, but who just focus on things in an intellectual way and theorize and write about the topics, but don't actually get their hands dirty, so to speak, or have any consequences based on what happens and I think there is something uh, to that or the idea if you talk about scientism that a lot of times people like for things to look like science rather than for it to actually be science or the appearance matters more than the actuality of things and I think that is a problem that people are becoming so used to things looking a certain way or expecting them to look a certain way that they actually are not aware of that implications of what is being talked about or what is being dealt with um so in this book skin in the game by Nassim Taleb you see him as I mentioned not holding back any punches talking about what people um tend to do to take advantage of other people and how we should be aware that people should always have to pay a price for what happens and if they're not paying a price that itself is a problem leads to asymmetries in the world so um I did enjoy the book at times, like I said, hard to read. And he was, I thought, too negative about talking about certain people and throwing out their ideas completely as wrong or saying they don't understand their own work. And to be honest, it was too complex for me to sometimes even know exactly what it was that he was saying about those people's work. And he'll sometimes dismiss in one paragraph, someone's book, but really not explain in detail why he's dismissing it. Um, So I didn't know exactly what he meant. And I even told Parham a few of those things as I was reading it. Uh, But that part of it was a little bit off-putting for me at times, because there was an arrogance in it, which he he even actually says, arrogance is not always bad in the book at one point. But there was an arrogance in how he talked about other writers. Uh, He doesn't like the word intellectuals, but he's been called an intellectual himself, but other people were intellectuals dismissing them completely that I thought was not always fair or uh, it almost was the majority of the book at times seemed to be focused on putting other people down or dismissing their ideas as not right in a type of arrogant way. That part at times rubbed me the wrong way, but I did admire his um, not holding anything back and saying things as he sees them. And when you read the book, you see that he does not try to sugarcoat things to make someone feel good or make them not get offended by things. So uh, that's the book Skin in the Game by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. If you haven't read any of his other books, um, you can read this one. He does mention parts of his other books, like I said, The Black Swan, which I found very interesting, which dealt with some of these similar topics, particularly that we try to people try to predict things and use models that aren't always really connected to the real world, and they don't account for the rare events that can happen, those black swans. And then when they do happen, they just say, well, that was something unpredictable, not realizing maybe their models are wrong, or that they're not accounting for the possibility of these, what we consider uh, highly unlikely events to happen. So that was the book Skin in the Game by Nassim Nicholas Taleb, and the book of the week for this week that I'll talk about on next monday's show is never split the difference negotiating as if your life depended on it by chris voss all right we've reached our first commercial break studio number three one zero four four one zero five 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 you're listening to in session with dr fatty delarqui we'll be right back Let's go to another caller or first caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air. Hello.
1: Yes, hello, Doctor Ferry. Thank you very much for taking my call. Thanks for
0: calling. We're getting some kind of—I don't know—if we're on speakerphone.
1: No, I'm not on a speaker. I'm huh. just regular.
0: phone. <laughs> okay. For some reason, we're getting some kind of a almost like sounds like a feedback uh, sound. But go ahead.
1: I can use my uh, headphone just to check if. It- if it's better let me just oh it it doesn't work actually okay that's fine yeah that's okay yeah Uh, i'm calling regarding uh, i have a psychological question from you Mm -hmm. and it is about either existential or midlife crisis i don't know which one it is actually and my wife is going through this crisis and it has changed her completely. She's now actually, it has become a different person, kind of. And uh, I want to know uh, what should we do if a partner goes through this kind of crisis mm-hmm. and uh, how we can save the marriage in, in this phase.
0: I can yeah. go into details if you have Sure, questions. yeah, absolutely. And uh, just as a general, yes, that can be very difficult to deal with as the person, but also you're asking as a partner what can be done to help the person but also potentially help preserve the marriage because sometimes when a person goes through a midlife crisis they can question everything or want to make some big changes and often the relationship they are in can be a big part of that. So before instead of just talking about the generals we can get into the situation how old are you and how old is your wife?
1: We are both 35.
0: 35. We are very early for this age. Okay, I was going to say this is uh hopefully it's not a midlife crisis because hopefully you guys are not even, not even a third of the way through your life, but that's that's fairly early. So you're both 35 years old? Yes. Okay, do you guys have any children? No, we don't. Okay, and so what's going on? You say she's going through a midlife crisis. What has she told you or what has she expressed to you about what she's experiencing?
1: It kind of started about three months ago. She lost one of her colleagues. And uh, after his death, she got into a uh, very bad mood, she was crying for a few days yeah. and uh, then it, it kind of uh, changed her attitude and then she it was kind of like a depressed mood that she was uh, cr- all of a sudden crying or she was very introvert and uh, she wasn't talking much with me or anybody and this was the way that she was thinking and then she started to ask lots of Weird questions that, why do I live? What's the meaning of my life? Maybe I killed myself. You know, these kind of things that they were very scary to me. Mm -hmm. And then it became like uh, about questioning our marriage. And then she said that, you know, I don't feel the same about you and I don't see you even as my husband. And and all these things, and she doesn't have that feeling. And when she says that, she is very sorry, and she's even mm-hmm. crying. That when she says that, but she just wants to be, as she says, she wants to be honest with me and tell her feelings to me. And we and at the same time, we didn't, we had no problem with each other, and we had a very happy life, and we were both successful, working and very happy
0: but okay how let me how long have you guys been married
1: uh, we've been together for six years now
0: okay and how long ago was the death you said of the co-worker three months three months ago okay and so ever since then she's been she changed and she's how long has she been saying she doesn't have the same feeling for you
1: Actually, when I asked her that since when do you feel this, mm-hmm. she said that it has started even before that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she, and I asked how long before. She said, no, not more than a year, but very recently. Okay. But, uh, it, it, but now it is very harsh, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: So it could be, you know, obviously I can't say exactly what's going on, but sometimes when we are faced with death, even if it's someone else's death, It makes us look at our own life and think, am I living the life I want to live? Now, it's not clear if she is not, but that's maybe what made her think, well, let me look at what's going on. And if I'm not happy in my marriage, I should think about changing it, either changing the marriage who I'm married to or changing something within it. Do you know if she has any significant losses in her past, like a parent or anyone that she lost?
1: Both her parents and okay. even grandparents are alive but that's the exact same thing that she said she wants to change something mm-hmm. and she, she says that maybe I haven't done a good life and death is very close and you know she's counting the days kinda and that's exactly what she
0: feels. yeah and the reason why I asked about the other loss is that sometimes a loss we experience later in life can trigger a loss earlier in our life that we did, didn't get to fully grieve. So that's why I was wondering if this friend somehow triggered some other losses. It could have just been this feeling of what about my life? Am I in the life I want to live? Now, even in how you said we don't have any problems, which can sound good, there can also be an element of that that can mean you guys are not that close or that there's something missing in the relationship. And that's something I would want you to think about. Do you think your guys's relationship, your marriage, is a very close, connected type of a relationship before these last few months?
1: Before that, I was thinking like that, and even I asked her, and she said that I was thinking that we were very close. But again, at this, the time that I said it's less than a year. Even before mm-hmm. that, that's when she says that she started not. Feeling the same about me, she said that we. I, I think we don't have that much closeness anymore.
0: Hmm. Any more is I don't interesting. Know what okay. The yeah. Well, she says anymore, and maybe that's the the case. But it could also be that there never was a closeness or a degree of closeness that she thinks she wants or she wants, because no, I, she
1: acknowledges that there was one, <laughs> and there was a very tense and we, we, we were in love together. She acknowledges that, mm-hmm. but later on, that has changed.
0: In okay. Yeah, it's, and she hasn't given you any r- reasoning or understanding as to why it's changed for her.
1: No, and she says, I don't even know, and that's the scary thing that she says, that since these changes are happening in me, I don't know, and that's mm-hmm. a bit scary mm-hmm. to me.
0: So, do you know much about her connection with this coworker that died?
1: Actually, she recently moved to that company, and she had only seen him maybe a few a few times. Hmm. But that's the that's the another thing that she was also very surprised at why this has affected me a lot. Actually, she has a problem with death in mm-hmm. general. Even before that, when uh, other people had died, not, not family, but the people who he knew. For example, one of his uh, professors died. She, she, could, she took it very difficult. And th- these things uh, happened. She, she has this problem with death. She cannot handle it very easily. <laughs> but this was kind of a, a very harsh trigger. But even though he knew, she knew that person, she had seen him just a few times.
0: Yeah, okay, so so she was surprised herself at how much it affected her. And that's why I'd asked about any losses in the past, and you're saying no one that you know of did, died in her family, or did she experience that? Or do you know if she went through any losses, like not being around her parents, or having to go through anything difficult in that way of, of losing someone? No. Hmm, okay. Yeah, it does seem like it's a more extreme reaction than you'd expect of someone she only saw a few times. It does make me think more of something like not living her life, whether she saw this person, I don't know exactly what. And you can even ask her, I'm curious what this person meant to her other than just someone she saw a few times. It must have triggered something in her. Even, I don't want to speculate because I don't know at all and and to introduce an idea in your head of did she somehow see an interest in with this person, and then he died and made her think, I'm not living my own life in some way, that I want something else from what I have and what I'm going through, and something like that could be going on. But I hope she doesn't make any decision yet about you and her and gives herself and also gives you and her a chance to see what you guys have and what's going on. Um, And even that her feeling changed about a year ago, but she didn't tell you, is not a great sign and i know it's hard to tell our partner if we're feeling something but something must have been going on or she was feeling something and so i often hear couples talk about growing apart and so they've been married 25 years and always we've grown apart over the years which we kind of accept as okay that's a thing that happens but what i always say is if you grew apart that means at one point you were connected and slowly distance was getting created between the two of you but neither of you wanted to acknowledge that or address what was going on and see that you know what something's happening or we're getting more distant let's get closer before you become too far apart so we we would have to talk to her she, i can't ask you but what was changing for her what was going on and what made it so she couldn't tell you about what was going on for her about a year ago or however long ago it was because maybe she's not happy about something in the marriage, whether it's she's not getting something she wants, she's not sure about you and her as being a right match. Maybe uh, were you guys thinking about having kids?
1: No, we actually talked with Dr. Holakui about hmm. that, and there are some issues that we we were advised not to.
0: Okay. So, and and some both of you.
1: problems in the in the family.
0: Legal problems.
1: Psychological. Problems oh. Oh. Okay. Yes. okay
0: what do, so what are those issues uh,
1: one of her uncle's had uh, schizophrenia, schizophrenia hmm okay yeah, and yeah, Dr. Olako you suggested it's better not to and I'm okay with that I, I don't have a problem and she seems to be okay too because she didn't like it and
0: okay so are you really okay with that you didn't want to have kids
1: this is something that I, you know, this is something that is not too important to me. It, if you say that we don't want to have kids, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm totally fine with it. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So it wasn't something you really wanted to have.
1: No, mm-hmm. but I think she may have thought that I wanted, and even she was telling me once that uh, this is something that I think that I am putting an obstacle here that you also cannot have a kid. You know, I was and I was telling her that I don't want it, but she, I think, didn't 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 think that I was telling her the truth. Mm-hmm. So maybe she was thinking that I'm lying to her, hmm. and that maybe can cause
2: this distance. Yes,
0: because well, that's what I'm. Yeah, I'm. We well, okay, that could be significant. I get the sense. Is it easier for you to tell her how you're feeling? for me. Yeah. Okay, the reason why I say that is because you're saying she wasn't sure if you were hiding your feeling from her, about wanting a kid.
1: Because I think she thinks that I, I am very uh, you know, considerate mm-hmm. about these things and she thinks that now that the problem is caused by you know my side, I, I don't see that. This is how, how she is explaining it. Now that because of me we cannot have kids you may, you know, you are sacrificing yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is not good. Right. That's that's what she thinks. But I don't think it as a sacrifice. I'm totally fine with it.
0: Mm -hmm. But, you know, so even when you say she thinks you might be considerate, and that's why you'll say you're okay not having a kid even though you're not. That's what she thinks. That's what, again, makes me think she thinks you're not being as open with her, or she can't connect to you, or she's afraid she's not connecting to you because you're not fully being yourself. And you might be afraid to hurt her feelings. Um, At least it seems she thinks that, so you wouldn't tell her something. And so that could be creating a distance. Now, also, let me make it clear. I don't want to blame you for what's happening between you and her, and I don't even like the word blame likely both of you are contributing and there's a lot going on, but especially since I'm talking to you, I want us to look at what you could be contributing to what's going on. And so even in our communication and what you've expressed, I can get a sense that there could be some of you holding back and you might not even be aware that you're holding back from her. Right. Does that make sense? Could you could you see that in yourself as holding things in if you think the other person won't want to hear it?
1: To honest, I don't think so. I okay. think that I'm very open with her,
0: but she may have think that way, yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's what we want to uh, try to understand what's going on, and it seems like she's going through a pretty big change. I could see how that's even scary for you, and it's hard to understand what's happening and to know, well, is, she gonna, is this just a phase and she's going to come back, or is she changed for good in a way and she's made a decision to change, uh, and exactly what we don't know have you guys considered couples therapy to go together to talk about these issues no she after this thing she has started therapy here okay
1: and she had uh, i i actually proposed that if you want to go together i'm open to it but her therapist uh, said no there is no need for that
0: Hmm. there's no need for couples therapy yes okay and as far as you know, you say that she's talked about you and her in a different way. Does she want to get separated or divorced, or she's not there?
1: She's not there yet, but she sometimes says that I don't feel it like that anymore. So it may be good to separate. Mm-hmm. But I was telling her that you are now going through this phase. Just give it a time and don't don't decide now. Give mm-hmm. it a year or two. I don't know.
0: But, uh, yet, I don't know what to say. Yeah, uh, well, how are you? Yeah, How? I, I'm sure all of this has been very difficult on you. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, you're, I mean, it must be very hard because even in hearing you talk, it, it seems like you must feel at some level powerless because, one, you can't go to therapy or there's no couples therapy, and she doesn't really tell you a lot for you to know what's going on or what you can do. So is there a feeling of powerlessness you have of not having a lot of control over the situation?
1: Exactly.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm sure that that and must be very what's
1: difficult. That's from inside,
0: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure it's very difficult to have such a big thing happening in your life but feel like it's in this way out of your hands. Right, it. you have to just wait to see what she, uh, you know, in a way decides or what she goes through and what happens. Uh, we're at a commercial break, but I don't want us to, to stop just there. So... Hold, uh, hold on and let's talk a bit after sure, the break a little more, okay? Yeah, thank sure, you. Thanks. All right, uh, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Welcome back. Before the break, we're with the caller. Let's go back to him now. Caller, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay. So uh, before the break, you were telling us about What's going on with you and your wife at this time? You guys have been together about six years, but for the, or about three months ago, she had a death of a coworker. And since then you have noticed a change, pretty significant change in her, but she's been saying for about a year or so, things have felt different for her in the marriage and how she feels about you. Um, And, over the break, I did think about it some more, but I did want to hear also about your experience. You're just talking about her, but what's going on from your side? What have you been doing or how have you been dealing with the situation?
2: With the recent situation? mm mm-hmm.
0: yeah,
1: I was just... The only thing that I was doing was just supporting her that, you know, uh, this, this is just a phase, it will go away. I was just studying a lot of things about... Uh, midlife crisis and existential crisis. And she was also reading the book. I was re- reading it with her to understand what's going on. And these kind of things. I, I actually cannot do anything. These mm-hmm. are
0: just different
1: things. That yeah, sure, doing.
0: I understand, yeah. But you must also be hurt or angry about what's going on.
1: No, I'm not. I'm actually, I, I, can't, I understand that this is a phase, and she's in a very bad place, and this is why these things are happening. So, I'm not angry at her, I'm angry at the situation, maybe. Okay, why this happened to us.
0: Okay, but are you hurt right now? Or are you pain in emotional pain or turmoil?
1: I wouldn't call it. Like that, but I, I feel bad. Yeah, I, I am the reason I'm not calling you sure. the first time I'm calling you. You know, this time mm-hmm. kind of, I feel very desperate, and I really love her, and I, I don't want this to skip, to be over. I don't want anything to happen to our relationship, and this is very important to me. And I, I would say this is the most important thing in my life. Yeah, and I don't want it to
0: go bad. I could understand that completely. I just, uh, when I'm talking to you, the feeling I get is that those negative feelings are not ones you're comfortable with, anger and sadness. Even in me asking you and obviously I don't know I am exactly. Sad. I'm sad. Okay. I'm
1: not angry.
0: Okay. Sad, yeah, okay. And I can understand even both, but sadness. The reason why I'm bringing these things up is we don't know exactly what's going on for her. And even you say you tell her it's a phase, but I don't think you know that for certain. You're hoping that's what it is, right? Yeah,
1: of course
0: I don't know. Yeah, right. But, but I, I, I very much hope. Yeah. Exactly, right. And you're, you're hoping, so I'm sure you aren't feeling, um, you're hoping that's the case, but we don't know and you don't know. And that's what, like you mentioned before, the break is hard, that powerless feeling of just seeing what happens with her. But the thought that comes to my mind, which I was mentioning before, is you were saying you guys are were in love and felt a very strong connection, which could be there i'm getting the sense from you that you are someone who holds things back who might have held things in and still might and that can make it harder to connect with someone so i'm still getting this feeling of you and her being very good together that things were good but they weren't i don't want to say great but they weren't as strong or deep as they could be that's the feeling I'm getting from how you're talking about things. Maybe that's not the case at all, but that's something I'm feeling. Because she also held back how much things had changed for her for about a year. Um, and I'm also wondering, did you see any difference in her when she saying for no. about a year? You didn't see anything different? No,
1: I didn't see anything different even until three
0: months ago. Okay. Do you think she was just able to hide it or you didn't want to see that things had changed for her?
1: She says she was able to hide it. She mm-hmm. was. She. This is, this is exactly her sentence that she says that I was trying to act like normal people.
0: Mm-hmm. She means not in the relationship or in general in her life when she does act like normal people.
1: In the relationship.
2: The
0: question was about relationship. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Something about that, usually, if we're very close with our partner, now people can fool us. I'm not saying they can't. It still just gives me this feeling that there was something missing in your relationship. And I hope she'll give you guys at least a chance to see if you can have that. Now, maybe she's saying, no, it's totally the wrong relationship, wrong person, or whatever else. But I hope she'll give it that chance because you guys are together and have been together. But at the end of the day, you're going to only want to be with her as painful as it will be. Uh, only if she wants to be with you and sees you as the right person because it's not going to feel good for you for your partner to give you a feeling that you're not the right one. That's why I was wondering if you had some anger. I know you said it's at the situation, but I could understand you being upset with her uh, of, of feeling this way or making you feel this way and not giving you a lot of understanding as to what's going on because it seems like you don't really know a lot of what she's thinking or feeling or what she says has changed with you and her unless we haven't talked about that yet has she said why she feels differently about you and about the relationship
2: i asked
1: her several times but she doesn't reveal anything and she says she doesn't know it's just that feeling that Hmm. i i felt every every day i'm getting one millimeter farther from you
0: yeah that's that's what i'm wondering what was going on and if she felt like i'm saying you holding things in it could be that she was holding in a lot that she was afraid of hurting you or it's her way of dealing with feelings that she doesn't share them. And so although it seemed like things were fine, she might have been unhappy or felt certain things and she was not sharing them with you. And so slowly she felt further and further away or apart from you. And this is what I was talking about in the previous segment, why it's such a problem is you're, you don't talk about what's going on that's upsetting you. And you get further and further apart and don't address the situation, but also you don't give your partner a chance or the relationship a chance to see if that issue can be resolved. You just hold it in and get more and more upset and either build resentment or become more unhappy, more uh, distant from your partner or both of you from each other without giving it a chance to see if things can be better. So my guess would be that. Yes, go ahead.
1: I wanted to, this is not clear to me, when you are saying that I am a person that holds things back, mm-hmm. why do you think that way? I, I think I am open and I, I tell my feelings to her. You, but... you
0: you, definitely might be. It was just the, the feeling I got from how you were talking about your feelings was uh, more, I would have expected more of a reaction, but it was very subdued. And again, I know you're on the air and we're talking on the radio, so it could be a different Way of how you tend to experience it, but there is a way I. No, I, it is not that.
1: It is just I. I don't even know myself.
0: Well, that's that's so my it, point.
1: It, it is also a question mark yeah. in my head. But,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, and that's and that's for a lot of people that hold things in. What they've done is they've become so good at not. Uh, because they don't express their feelings as much, it's even better if they don't feel it sometimes. So they can be very detached from their feelings. And so in that way, actually, it's not just that they don't tell their partner, they don't even tell themselves really, because they can be so detached from their own feelings. So you can ask them, are they upset? And they'll say no, and then later on they'll realize, actually I I was upset about that, or that did make me angry or a feeling will build up within them. So that's why I was saying that is that. It was just a feeling I was getting and communicating with you and hearing about things from your perspective that your negative feelings might be something you look at as bad or, or not good, and you'd rather not have them, so at times you're not even connected to them, but they might be there. And if it's interesting because... Even when I say the word bad feelings, it seems like something not good, something we wouldn't like. But in a relationship, if we don't bring in all of our feelings, the good and the bad, it's impossible for someone to really get to know us and for us to create a, a very deep relationship. You can connect with someone, but not so deep unless the person is open with even the negative feelings, which people who don't like to share those feelings think, well, how could someone like me with my negative feelings? But they don't realize that actually for someone to be with us. They need us to be a whole person, which includes the good and the bad, the happy and the sad, or even angry feelings. So that's something I'd want you to think about in, yes, in some ways you're waiting to see what she's going to go through, but for yourself, have you even expressed all of those things to her? Are you first in touch with them yourself? And if you are, or if you're not, get in touch with them, but also either way, make sure you're expressing those with her, because her Saying that she was afraid to hurt your feelings, or saying that she thinks you want to have a kid, but you don't tell her that you want to have a kid so that the blame isn't on her and so she doesn't get, you know, so you don't make her feel bad. That tells me that there's something missing in how you guys communicate about your feelings or how open you are. Doesn't mean you're lying and being very, you know, hiding things in a, a big way. So I'm not saying you guys are in that way, but there might be a level of vulnerability that you both have not experienced with each other that might be missing. So something she could be missing, and we don't know what's going on for her, is there could be a lack of closeness she felt in the relationship because of that, or she felt like she had to keep hiding things or covering things. Not because you told her explicitly, don't tell me things, but because that was part of your relationship, or she was afraid to hurt you or offend you. And so the more she was holding those things back, the less she felt connected to you, the less she felt she was being herself. And so maybe something was triggered in her of, I want to be myself in my relationship and in my life. And in this relationship, I can't be myself because I have to keep some feelings away or I can't just fully be open. Again, a lot of this is speculation, but I'm giving you some ideas for things that you can yes. think about or look at in your relationship with her. Can I ask a question? Of course. Yes
1: is actually one thing that after this thing when she tells me these things this is shocking to me this is shocking news to me and sometimes after that she asks me that are you mad at me
2: Mm.
1: and i'm not mad at her but i i feel sad Mm -hmm. and but as you said now i now when i think about myself yeah i'm the kind of person i don't tell her that yes you said this and it hurt
2: my Mm
1: -hmm. it, it broke my heart yeah you know i don't say that this, because I, I know that she is now in a very bad situation, I don't want to make it worse. This
0: is, Which this I understand. Is sure. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Well, right? it, well, in the way that... It, I wouldn't want to just say you're doing it wrong, but the part that is missing is you. It, you know, you're just focused on her feeling, but you're allowed to have a feeling too. And yes, if someone is going through a crisis, we're not going to make it about our feelings, but of course you're going to be affected by what she's saying, And oftentimes we can talk about, I'm I'm trying to wrap it up because I wish we had more time. We have about maybe two minutes left. Um, We can talk about in our psyche having shadow emotions or a shadow part of ourselves. And for some people, anger is a feeling they've put in their shadow. They think it's something bad, something that shouldn't be expressed, something they wish they didn't have. And maybe that's the feeling for you. It could be also sadness, but that you don't want to ever be angry or you want to put that away. And so you don't express your anger even when it's there, or even you're not aware of your anger, it could be. That's the sense I get from you. And so that's why she has to check in with you, because she doesn't know if you would tell her if you're angry, because you don't show anger, or you've put that part of yourself away. So she has to keep checking in because she doesn't know, wait, are you angry? Because I think you'd be angry, or I feel like you're angry, or I thought you were angry, but you don't tell me that
1: actually i used to be an angry person and mm. then after I, I i tried very hard to work on it and not to get angry anymore but maybe i have done
2: it
0: wrong i have totally sh- sh- shut it down right well now. yeah and again even in hearing you that's a the second time in a few minutes that you're talking about doing it wrong and so i, I think you can be hard on yourself and even that's a type of anger that an internalized anger but it could be that you even when you say i taught myself or i've worked on myself to not get angry at all I wouldn't even call that or consider that the goal. Anger itself is not bad. The expression of it, like any emotion, can be good or bad. Right. So being angry is actually a very good and healthy part of our psyche. It can protect us and protect people, and we need to have it in our relationship. But yes, sometimes if it was something we expressed in a really bad way, we can go too far the other way and feel like we should always hold it in. So it's possible that that's what you went through. I have about just 10 20 seconds before we have to wrap up just but that's yes question. go ahead
1: i just want to know should i express my feelings to her now openly but or should i again uh, keep her in mind that she's in a bad situation
0: and I shouldn't well, well we always keep you can do both and that you can keep her in mind when you're expressing it and how you express it we're aware of how it's affecting our partner but this idea that you either have to hold them in or let them out shows me that already you look at the feelings in that way. You can talk to her. You don't have to get so mad at her, blame her so much in a way, but she should know what you're going through. And to me, this could be a snapshot of what's going on in general, of you holding things in, being too mindful of how it's going to affect her to the point that you're holding back parts of yourself. And so she, that's what I was talking about, this lack of connection that might have been there, that there might have been less of a connection things might have been good, but not deep enough where you guys were being fully open. So maybe she felt like because you were holding back, she was holding back too. Or I don't want to blame one of you. It could have been the way things just were between the two of you, but she's realizing that now. And again, I do have to wrap up to end the show uh, or else I would be very happy. I hope you can call back and we can continue the conversation because I could imagine there's a lot on your mind to deal with. But thank you for calling.
1: Call back on another day?
0: Absolutely. Yes. Next Monday, Wednesday, it will be a Persian New Year, so we really won't be doing call ins in this way. But anytime, please feel free to call back. I really appreciate oh, thank it. You thank for you for calling. Have a great night. Bye bye. All right. Thank you to our caller there and to everyone who's listening. And I'm here here in the studio. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delacoui. Have a wonderful night.